What's up, everybody? And on this week's episode of Guys Talking Sports, we do, you know, we, we do a deep dive into the NBA playoffs of who we believe will be coming out of the East and the West. Also talking about specific players who might be jumping from one team to the next, depending on situations. And also, you know, touching <clears throat> briefly on the, and, uh, on the NFL draft, uh, who's going where, what's going what, and Giants in San Francisco, you know, because we're fans. So tune in, because you might be surprised what you may hear. What's up, everybody, and welcome you to another episode of Guys Talking Sports. You got my, you know, I'm A, Big A, you know, Big Sexy. You know, you call me what you like, but you know, this is who we are. We are here at another another Tuesday night trying to bring you, you know, the latest sports and what's going on in today's society. We're all talking sports, but I'd like to welcome also my man Al, my man E. You know, what's good with y'all? Uh, living the uh, living the Jersey dream every day, baby. Yeah, I'm um drinking tea, so um Dunkin' Donuts, uh, some good <laughs> tea right there, cheap plug. Um, but I'm doing, I'm feeling a little bit better. So, what's going on, everybody? So, are you minding business or are you just drinking tea? <laughs> no, right now I'm just drinking tea. I'm in, I'm, I'm enjoying this right now. I, I feel you. I feel you. I feel you. So, fellas, we are deep into round one of the NBA playoffs. Uh, I believe that, you know, the East has a bunch of teams or a bunch of playoff series that are tied at two. The West is making some separation. Uh, I believe it's Pelicans already knocked out uh, Portland in a four-game sweep. Uh, tell me, what, what, what are your thoughts right now? I mean, uh, uh you sit there, you've seen everything that's going on. Is this everything that you expected, or is there some unexpected things that you didn't know about? Let's expound on that. Um, I guess, yeah, okay. Um, I, I'm, I'm a little bit shocked about the Pelicans being, um, sweeping the Trailblazers, I should say. I thought that at least was going to go at least a couple of more games, five or six. Um, didn't really have an outcome on who was going to win, but I'm a little shocked the fact that Portland did get swept um, because now that raises a lot of questions. Um, outside of that, I knew for a fact that the Sixers and Heat series was going to be a fight. Um, I'm, I'm, to be honest, I'm not really surprised at anything at this point. Uh Houston eventually and Golden State is eventually going to win their series. Um, so I don't have that much say about that. I am – I take that back. I am shocked at the way OKC is playing, um, how poorly OKC is playing. And I know we're going to touch more about that in a little bit, but um, shout-outs to Utah for doing their thing. You know, people was writing them off after Gordon Haywood left and – you know, so many players was leaving and they brought in Ricky Rubio. And the fact that they're up here right now leading the series three games to one over OKC, I think is is very surprising. Um, I think that between that, I think that now with the Boston-Milwaukee series, that's going to be a good series as well. 
Um, Indiana and Cleveland, I still say that was going to be a dog fight. Um, be interesting to see how whoever wins this, I will say whoever wins this upcoming game, I think will actually win the series. Um, but that's just my opinion about the Cleveland Indy series. But I love the dog fight between 76ers and the Heat. And to be honest, I kind of like last night's game between OKC and Utah, even though it did get very chippy as of late. But that's what the playoffs is all about. So I'm not too surprised in with a lot of things that's been going on in the NBA as far as the playoffs is concerned. Yeah, I have to agree. I think I was actually surprised that, you know, not the fact that the Pelicans, you know, won, because uh, I think in the West, I think, you know, when you get from – you know, three to eight, there's only really a one to two game differential between those two teams. So, I mean, the Pelicans winning wasn't a shocker. It was how they won with the sweep on Portland. I mean, it was, was the shocker, in my opinion. I think that um, I think um, Anthony Davis was playing, you know, out of his mind in his first round. And um, so that was the shocker. Things, I was curious about the Utah in LKC, I thought maybe this might be the time when OKC might be able to put a stiff run with um, Melo, Paul George, and Russell Westbrook. But uh, young boy in Utah is is giving them business big time. And like me and I was talking a little earlier, I think Westbrook know to not to pop off his mouth and give anybody any bulletin board material because, like he said it, I will shut that shit down with Rick Rubio. He did just that, but got him four fouls to go with real quick, and his team got spanked. So you won the battle, and you're getting ready to lose the war because, you know, as it goes, Westbrook is his eye. It's all about me, 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 I, I, I. And, you know, it should be a team game. And while he's playing ISO defense and ISO offense, Utah is playing team basketball, and they're just beating the brakes off of, off of um, OKC. But – um. But that's that's not far. That hasn't really been anything too surprising yet. I do think um, Miami I will win. I have a feeling they might lose tonight, but win in Miami. Um, I think Cleveland will will probably win. And right now with um to um Toronto and the Wizards, that one I that's going seven. That's going seven. That has seven that's, written all over it. That's going seven. That's cool. I, I have to agree with you on that one. Um, Cleveland easily probably could be a 3-1 right now. Um, I will give them this much. No, I, yes, your, your face tells me everything out, yes. Cleveland could be a 3-1. If, if they learn how to play a little bit better defense, now mind you, their defense is playing better than their regular season defense. But before you continue, I, I understand what you're saying, but okay. it, it can be the same thing as Indy could be up 3-1, too. So, Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. They should. They, they should be up 3-1, in my opinion. Agreed. But, I mean, if you sit there and take, uh, what was it, game three, when Cleveland was up big and they end up losing by two, you know, um, bottom line is – I don't know what it is about the team. I don't know if it's LeBron got to play his lights, you know, his lights out every game or, or whatever. Uh, probably he does have to play his lights out. But um, they just—I I don't know what it, what they need to get the lights on to say, "Hey, this is it." You know, too bad. 
Uh oh. I, I think we lost him. Oh, somebody cut him off a mid sentence. I, 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 he's just stuck. He's just frozen. In frozen time. in time. Yes. <laughs> um, I, 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 to be honest, I hear what he was saying. Um, but the, the, the thing about it is, is that I, I don't know. Like he said, LeBron's going to have to play lit- like, like the best game in order for them to have a chance to win without question. He is not going to get the second support from Kevin Love. And if he's expecting it to get from somebody else, it's going to be a very, very difficult series. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that um, what's the more telltelling sign, and I think this is going to be very problematic for them moving forward, is that you mean, the last three games, they were up by double-digit points and won um, and barely won those games. So what's telling me is that LeBron is playing – you know, Hercules minutes, giving up a Hercules performance, and you're basically winning by less than five points in those, in those games. I mean, a couple of shots here and there with um with Indiana Pacers going in the bucket, and you could be very well looking at a 3-1, not, you know, you know 2-2 where it is right now. So, for me, I do think that Cleveland will probably win. This might be blind faith in LeBron, but I think they'll get there. But moving forward in this, in this series – Mm. <laughs> it could be very dicey. I think I, he doesn't have, like you said, he he doesn't have a Kyrie Irving anymore. He doesn't even have a, a, a Dwayne Wade. Kevin Love, my opinion, that offense needs to start running through him right from the jump to get him going and get him started. LeBron can pick his point, you know, pick his points wherever he wants to. But I said it before: let the offense run through Kevin Love. Get him started. Get him going. Get him down on the block a little bit more. Don't put him out in the wing in a three-pointer. Get him in the block. I mean, they'll probably find a way to win the Pacers. But going forward, it's going to be very, it's going to be very iffy for them. And the finals, they can't win in the finals playing like they're playing against the freaking Pacers. No. Uh, and that's why I keep saying I just don't see them going. I don't even see them going to the Eastern Conference Finals at this point. They're going to have a tough. Even if they do get past the Pacers, they're still going to have a a, a matchup nightmare battle um, in the second round. Whether it's the Toronto, whether it's Washington, I mean that. I, and that's just my, my opinion. They haven't shown me enough for me to be confident in them making it to the Eastern Conference Finals yet. And that, you know, it, it's, it's crazy, but, you know, I, I – without the support, it's just difficult. I just don't – I don't see how Cleveland can get to where they need to be. I will say if they do, and if Cleveland does make it to the finals with the cast that they have, I will say this. That would – I would give LeBron his just due for him to take a team like this all the way to the finals, I, without question, I'll, I'll tip my hat off if he does it. So uh, that's MVP? Huh? So that would be MVP? No, no, no. That's, no, 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 no. He will no, not yeah. be MVP. Sorry, sorry. No. I, like not, I wouldn't tip my hat to him making it to the, the finals because the East is, is, I won't say vanilla, but it's not – 
as good as the teams over there in the West. He takes that team to the finals and wins. Then I have to give him my, my just deal. Yeah. The MVP? No, because I still think he, you know. Harden showed why last night, why he's the MVP. I mean, you, I mean, no, nah, no. Nah. I mean, I would say this. If he takes it, like Earl said, if he takes it and wins the, um, the championship, he'll be the MVP of the, the playoffs, I'll give him that. Um, but he's not the MVP of the regular season, not by far. Still James Harden, hands down. All right. I'm sorry. To everybody out there, I had a little power outage. Uh, seems like this part of Maryland is just due to get a power outage every now and then. So I do apologize, and I have no idea where I left off. And uh, You were talking about Cleveland, Indiana. Oh. Okay, yeah, Cleveland, Cleveland is six. So you don't think Indiana will win another game? Um. So okay, so it's two two one one one. It's two two. Um, yeah. I think Cleveland will win this. I know I think Cleveland is six, but you know I'm, I've been prone to be wrong before, so I'm still sticking with my guns at Cleveland is six. I can see that. Um, Cleveland wins game, game five, then yes, I think it'll be in six. Yep. If they lose game five, then it's going seven. Yep. <laughs> oh, I, <clears throat> whoever wins, in my opinion, whoever wins game five will win the series. In a nutshell. That's just, you know, that's my my opinion i still think i still believe indiana has what it takes to to, to beat them um i to be honest i didn't expect the role players to play as good as they were supposed to miles turner um bogdanovich i think those if 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 they was playing like they if i'd known them to play then i would probably pick cleveland to win it but i think this is really going to be a dog fight series I can see it go. I, like I said, whoever wins Game Five to me will win the whole series. So, but um, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm totally lost. So I mean, I was. I was just talking about like your the take on the NBA playoffs is in regards to like the other teams outside of you know any other teams that are surprising disappointments. I mean Portland. I mean losing to the Pelicans, but. I would never have guessed with uh, Boogie, you know, you know, uh, tearing his Achilles and being out that uh, the Pelicans would have came out there and just swept uh, Portland. But that just goes to show that, you know, when you got Lillard, you know, Dame, will he still try to become the, the cornerstone of that franchise or will he decide to take his talents elsewhere? go somewhere else because I don't I don't recall him being paid like a franchise player and getting the, the just due that he deserves. Um, no, he's paid like a franchise player in Portland. Okay. 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 Well, he, he's Dang, not going to yeah. yeah, yeah. He's not going to, you know, he's not going to uh, pack his bags and leave, but I'm sure this has to be frustrating considering. Um, well, let me ask you a question um, because that was brought up when um, Portland got swept. 
do you think that this will be the year that um, either, I mean, from what all talks are, you think that they should break up the backcourt of Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum? No. I think they should go out there and uh, actively get that third piece. Um, I think the biggest mistake, uh, personally, I think Melo should have went to Portland. Not saying that he shouldn't have done well in OKC, but I think he would have probably had a better – he probably would have had a better season in Portland. But, you know, he sees the bigger names and this probably went to the OKC and he's probably going to get bounced out next game anyway, so. Shit, Portland had their had their three, but they let one go to San Antonio. Hey, he's just so imagine, just imagine if he would have stayed. I agree, agreed, but I mean, the bottom line is, I mean, you saw how San Antonio works and didn't expect the quiet letter to go out there and just, uh, you know, be the person that he was and not play this season. So, um, it wouldn't have mattered. I don't think it would have mattered. You don't think so? No. Um, the problem right now is is that, especially with Melo, um, when you have guards like Leonard and um, Westbrook, that's all ball-dominant. Um, Melo is a ball-dominant person. He needs the ball in his hands. Um, obviously, I mean, these past couple of games with OKC, he hasn't really scored that many points um, because right. he doesn't get the looks. So even if he went to Portland, I think they would still end up being the same result. It's one of the reasons why Lamarcus Aldridge left because it was more of an ISO type style in Portland, and with San Antonio, it's more team oriented. I think that's one one of the reasons why he signed with San Antonio. But now he sees that he's not a primary focus, which is something that Lamarcus Aldridge always wanted. Um, that's why he complained last season because he wasn't getting the ball enough. So with Melo, with Melo, he needs the ball in his hands. Like Westbrook, George, and Melo are all ISO type players. So Leonard and CJ to an extent is also ISO players. So they all need the ball. They don't share the ball freely like they, you know, like other teams do. I agree with you on that. Agree with you on that. So it'll be interesting to see how if OKC will stay the same, I doubt that uh, I doubt that Melo stays. You know, no, I, you know what? I can see Melo staying if Paul George leaves. Well, um, Melo's going to pick up – Melo has a player option, so he's going to pick up that money. Right, 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 right. He's going to pick up that money. Because ain't um, nobody else going to pay him that amount of money anywhere else in the league, so he's going to be at OKC. Definitely, definitely. Um. But we were just talking – and it's funny that you put that up because me and Earl was talking about that earlier, um, the fact that with OKC, and I was just telling him um, that um, there was – I was listening to um, e, NBA radio on Sirius, and I think it was Desmond Mason – Desmond Mason? Yeah, Desmond Mason um, used to play for OKC. Um, he was saying he was he was very in insight insight enlightening with what he was talking about. He was saying, you know, Russell Westbrook being the person that he is, um, from that particular aspect, if you have someone like a Russell Westbrook that has that dominant type, that alpha male type role as a point guard, is not gonna get far in the playoffs. 
Um, he may do everything in the regular season, but when it comes to the playoffs, it's not going to win a championship. And he said, because based off his experience with him, and he compared him to how he his experience, he compared Russell Westbrook to similar to um, Gary Payton. And when you know, he was saying that you know both of them is like so alpha male, like they're not willing to like do enough as far as like teaching the young people, like the young rookies and teaching, you know, it's all about, you know, getting what you need to get um, as far as points and assists is concerned. He's like, it's not really helping out the team. And he was saying that that's basically what Russell Westbrook is doing now. He was like, when the big guys is boxing out so that you can get your rebounds, he said, that was, it's an issue because it's not a team oriented Sport is all about, you know, you getting what you need to get while trying to help the team to win. Um, so it was like when he was talking, I was like, wow, I never even thought about that. So, but he was saying that, you know, when they, when they didn't pick up James Harden, they didn't keep James Harden. He said that's when everything went downhill. That's why KD probably ended up leaving because he knew for a fact that the way things are constructed right now in OKC, it wasn't going to get them a championship. Yeah, I think I think even if they were, even if they were had to pay Harden his money, they wouldn't be able to keep all three because eventually you were going to have to pay Durant, you're going to have to pay Westbrook, and I don't think it would have been enough money to pay all three, and then keep a a, a good team around them. I mean, you could try the you know the whole Chicago Bullways by paying somebody little and then kind of spread money around for your role players but in this day and age everybody wants their money everybody wants to get paid you couldn't have three stars gobbling up 90 percent of your your money you wouldn't have much of a team you know to build upon and what's crazy about it because so many um like com not commentators but some of the um the talk the nba talks show um people they were saying like in when you when you think about it like out of all the people they were saying that the person you probably should have got rid of first would have been Russell Westbrook. Now, if you imagine them keeping KD and James Harden in OKC, would that make much of a difference, um, being that James Harden is more of a distributor than Russell Westbrook is? So, they – I mean, from what I'm – from what the talks were, it was just like they're not too – they just don't see Russell Westbrook ever changing his way to the point where it will help benefit the team to um, win a championship. Wow. Hmm. Yeah, I, I – right now, I, I don't I don't see it as is. I mean, the team that they have right now, I mean, I'd be, I'd be shocked if they beat the Utah Jazz, to be perfectly honest. But, now Russell Westbrook, unless he – you know, he plays with rage, but it got – it, it becomes uncontrollable. And it's about a see what I can do. Last year, it was about averaging a triple double. This year, he tried to average another triple double. And you heard that one comment that Melo made, you know, a few weeks ago, talking about joking how he was stealing rebounds. And everybody was laughing. No, that was straight serious. And I think a lot of people on that team was feeling the same way. But like you said, it's it's an I show. It's a me show. It's not a team show. And no, the, the more and more you see how Kevin, you know, Westbrook is running that team, you know, doesn't make Kevin Durant that that bad for rolling out and going to Golden State. 
Yeah, but if it wasn't for how Westbrook played when Kevin Durant was hurt, then what kind of OKC team do you have? You never know, because uh, Durant wanted to be the man. Westbrook definitely wanted to be the man. You know, two alphas, and they just – I don't think they could, at the end of the day, really played well together. To be honest, I don't think Kevin was an alpha at this point. I think he was more he's passive. Still not. He's still not. Yeah, he's, I think he's more passive at this stage. Um, I, think he, I think he saw the writing on the wall, like, if we couldn't do it with me and Russ there, with even when they had Serge Ibaka, you know, it's like, yo, if we can't do it with this team here as constructed, and he was like, you know, I need to do something. And I, I, like I said before, I, I'm not mad at the fact that he did what he did, um, but it also is just enlightening. Like the same thing with Kyrie. When Kyrie left, you know, he had something he had to prove. When Kevin left, he just wanted to chase, you know, win a championship. He got what he, you know, it's – I can't be mad at how they're doing the things that they're doing for the reasonings for they, what they're doing. Um, but you're starting to see a lot more now when it's all now that Kevin KD is in Golden State. You're starting to see what we guess didn't see um, when he was with OKC. So, Oh, and, and a quick update. Uh Boston beats Milwaukee 92-87 lead that series 3 to 2. Oh, they won. Oh, Boston won. Yep. Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart is the difference maker. And now that he's back on that on that team, I can see Boston closing that out now. And uh the Philadelphia 76ers right now in mid third quarter leading 66 to 54. Philly is going. I'm telling you, Philly is going to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm, I'm, I can see that. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you right now. I can see that. Let me, let me ask you this though. Mm-hmm. Jabari Parker is out here complaining about playing time with Milwaukee, and uh, he feels though he's not being able to contribute the way he like to contribute based on playing time. Mm-hmm. Where could you see Jabari Parker playing next season? Anybody that wants him? <laughs> yeah, basically. And what's crazy, I think he's a restricted free agent. Um, it all depends. Um, it all depends on who makes the offer sheet to him. Originally, I, I, I was thinking that um, – this is just me. Originally, I was thinking that maybe Brooklyn would do it, but – from what I'm hearing, Jabari doesn't really play defense, and that would be a step back. So, um, any like Earl said, any team that wants him. But he can't complain about this because it's only hurting his value at this stage. Like, just play it out. Then just move on from it. Have your agents just talk it over with Milwaukee. Um, he's not right now on a good side with the coach that's currently there. Think – the fact that Jason Kidd got fired, I don't think helped his helped him out as much. So, um, it's interesting. We'll it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But I just don't see him. If the coach is still there, I don't see him staying in Milwaukee. Hmm. Could you see? Hmm. Interesting. Um, 
And I think Jabari, I, I know the fact that Jabari having all those knee issues is probably what's hindering him and not getting the play in time. But he, he rightly deserves because when he was balling and he was that dude, he was nice. Um, and that was a difference maker, uh, difference with the way Milwaukee was playing versus how they were playing at the beginning of the season. Um, could you see Jabari? Would you say Jabari is more a three or a four? In this day and age, he's more of a four. How could you see offense? How, how could you see Jabari with his presence and and how he plays playing the four for Philly? It's almost similar to is to be honest, it's a watered down version of what Ben does. Okay, well Ben, yes. To an extent. The only thing, um, um, Jabari is more of a polished shooter uh, than Ben is. That's pretty much, Ben does everything else. So I could see from a size standpoint, like he could back up Ben Simmons if that was the case. Um, But it would be more from, they would need his outside shooting. Um, Right now, that's what Philly needs is more outside shooters. And to be honest, they have it in Illasova. So I just don't see – I can't see them doing that if unless Illasova goes. And how would you feel about Jabari in Portland? Portland has to get rid of some of their contracts before they, they even think about signing other people. They got, mm-hmm. to be, they got a lot of – I mean, they got to do something with Evan Turner. That's, like, without question. They paid sure. way too much money for Evan Turner. And now, you know, they was fortunate when Crab came, came, I mean, almost traded to Brooklyn because they was paying him a lot of money, thanks to Brooklyn, of course. But um, they, need to get some, they need to get rid of some of that con- the, the big contracts that they have outside of um, Dame and CJ. Okay. And then lastly, this, is sound, this may sound crazy. Um, but uh, yeah, okay. Uh, that's that sounds pretty good. I mean, right now I know we can sit there and take, talk NBA for God knows whatever and what is and all this good stuff. But we have something else that's kind of pressing that's going to start taking place on Thursday night. And you know that that spectacle we like to call the NFL, and they having their draft the first round Thursday night, and. You know, it's going to be all the big to-do up in Dallas. You know, the house of Jerry, you know, excuse me, I don't want to say Jerry, Jerry. You know, you know, we know him as Jerry. The house that Jerry built, and uh, it should be uh, should be uh, really interesting to see uh, how things go down. And, uh, we, are in, we are in Dallas this season, right? Yeah, the draft is in Dallas. Okay. We're in Dallas. So you know, you know how they go do. Everything's bigger in Texas. <laughs> so Jerry's gonna go out there and do everything bigger and better than what Philly or New York or Chicago ever could have done. So, what is your expectations? Do you think that the draft is gonna be everything that you thought it was gonna be? Uh, I personally am looking forward to popping some popcorn, you know, figuratively, and sitting down and watching the draft the first round. Because 
I'm sick and tired of hearing what Cleveland's going to do with their first or the fourth, or possibly Giants are going to do picking up Saquon Bartley or, or Bradley Chubb, or if the Jets are going to or going to do something, or if Buffalo is going to do something. I'm just I, I'm just itching to know what this first draft is going to you know how it's going to go down. So I'm just curious of how you guys feel about it. You know, do you feel that uh, Cleveland is going to sit there and take a quarterback first round if they're going to take the, the I'm sorry quarterback with the first pick and if they're going to take a quarterback who do you feel that they're going to take and do you think the Giants are going to go after Barkley or or what do the Giants end up taking uh there's Bryant before the draft to try to solidify what they're trying to do what are they going to do because they already cut um Brandon Marshall so they're down to wide receiver so it kind of gives you the idea that you know that's where they're trying to lean but you know tell me what you guys feel well, I mean, um, I think Cleveland will probably end up selecting a. Oops, I think Cleveland will probably end up getting a um, a quarterback with the first pick, probably Sam Darnold. Can you hear me now? Yeah, now we can. Sorry about that. No, I was saying I think Cleveland was probably wind up picking a quarterback. Um, from what I've been hearing, more than likely Sam Darnold was probably going to be the first quarterback pick. Um, I heard some rumors that the um, that Cleveland might pick two QBs um, in the first round. That's ridiculous. Whoever thought about that is it should be fired if they got a job. That's just craziness. I think Cleveland probably picks a QB. The Giants. I have no idea who they're going to pick. To be perfectly honest, I mean, do they need a do they need a, a heir apparent to Eli? Yeah, I mean, they have not talked any faith about the guy that they drafted last year, which means to me that they're going to pick a QB, whether it's going to be in the first round or somewhere lower in this in the other picks. But um, they could pick Saquon Barkley, but they have no line, so you don't maximize the value of having a dynamic running back like. Saquon Barkley in your backfield. I mean, you can have him in the line, and he's not going to look that good. I mean, so to me, I have no idea what they're going to do. But I think Cleveland goes, picks a QB number one. And I think if Saquon Barkley is there at number four, they'll get both. And I think that's what they want or would like to happen um, at the end of the day. But as far as the Giants – Picking up Dez, they already came out and said that they're not interested in Dez, and I don't think they are going to take him. Um, they let go Brandon Marshall. They'll probably go for another receiver in the draft. Yeah, I I, I, I agree with you on that. Um, I think Cleveland is I, – I, I agree with you as far as the picks is concerned. I think Cleveland is definitely looking at Sam, um, the QB, as the number one. And hopefully they're they're hopefully I'm pretty sure that they're hopeful that um, Barkley goes to number four so they could pick him up as well. Um, whether that happens remains to be seen. Um, I could also, to be honest, I could also see the Giants picking up Barkley as well um, with the number two pick and then just going all O line throughout the rest of the draft, which would be kind of interesting, but. I kind of see that happening. I see the Jets picking a QB from UCLA um, as well. So, it, to be honest, this whole thing is just – I'm just waiting – just want to get this over with. 
basically, because we're at a stage right now where it's just who are they going to pick? It's nothing really definite that these teams are going to pick whoever at this stage. I mean, at this stage. And it's kind of like getting to a point where you get numb now, just waiting for it to actually happen. Um, So uh, hopefully we'll see what happens, see where the chips fall, and we'll just take it from there and evaluate who won and who lost in this upcoming draft. So I I agree with you guys. Um, Not – 100% 100% sure where which, Cleve, uh, which quarterback Cleveland is going to take. Um, I believe the Jets are going to take uh, the QB from Oklahoma just because of the edge and the uh, what he might bring to the New York media to be the outspoken quarterback that Eli is not. Um, uh, I think the Giants would be foolish not to take uh, Saquon Barkley. Um, because you can have a dynamic running back and you can find different ways to give him the ball in space, regardless of the offensive line. Um, but I do agree with, uh, with E when, you know, you're talking about, especially with the, uh, the reports that, you know, we, we shared today or he shared today with Eric Flowers possibly be on a trading block. So you, you, you're, you're willing to trade a first rounder from a couple of years ago because he just didn't pan out. Um, so the O line does sink for New York, but I mean Saquon Barkley is like he's like you know one of the few years type of generation type of running backs. Just as far as you know, you probably won't get this skill set the way if you give him the ball in space, you know, throw him quick screens, you know, kind of utilize him in very creative ways. Uh, Cleveland, this is Cleveland's draft to screw up. Uh, <laughs> If Cleveland is Cleveland, they'll find a way. They had a hell of an offseason, but they can still find a way to, you know, screw up the draft. Uh, I still think Buffalo may take an opportunity to move up. Denver may take an opportunity to move up because there are a lot of teams out there that need a quarterback. Um, the word out here, you know, being in, in raving country, which I can't stand. I can't stand Baltimore sports, period. But... Um, <laughs> You know, they're the need of a wide receiver or a pass catching tight end. Um, but they're talking about they can't pass up on a defensive talent if the defensive talent becomes available at 16. So I can't fault New York. I'm sorry. I can't fault the NFL for going out there and dragging the NFL, you know, the draft out the way that they have, to, you know, this all drama filled. But you know, I'm I'm like everybody else who's sitting at the edge of their seat. You know, can't wait till Thursday because when the draft starts, I don't know what channel I'm going to be watching, whether it be NFL, ESPN, or TBS, or whoever, because I heard there's another third party, or, you know, Fox, I'm sorry. Fox will be hosting the draft this year, so I just might watch it on Fox, just, you know, to watch it a little bit different. Uh, but I'm curious just because we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what, you know, New England – traded did all these crazy trades to get a couple first round draft picks because they need a quarterback. And I can see them going after Mason Rudolph from Oklahoma State. Or possibly, you know, the word is that that quarterback out of Richmond, you know, who knows? But it's just there's so many compelling type of uh scenarios that's gonna happen that as I sit here and eagerly await you guys arrival on Friday evening. I'll be watching the draft rounds two and three (laughs) because I'm curious to see what's going to be happening. (laughs) 
Yeah, that's where the uh, that's where the GMs, uh, you know, and, and um and scouts and everybody. That's when they really earn their keep in those uh, second to fourth rounds. Those are the yep. real money people get picked up. I think there's so many hits and misses in the first rounds, like you said. I don't know who the Giants are going to pick. They could pick Barkley. It, it wouldn't shock me if they picked Barkley. Um, and it wouldn't shock me if they didn't pick Barkley or a QB and they went with um, Bradley Chubb. I mean, um, think about who was the top running backs out of the draft this past year. I mean, there was um, the kid out of um, Kansas City and um, out of um, the Saints were like the two top running backs, you know, out of this draft that didn't go in the first round. As a matter of fact, they went like right. three four. Yeah, I mean, you can find some good players as long as you do your homework, and your homework is finding that right running back that fits your scheme perfectly. So I agree. So for me, like I said, it's going to be interesting. Now, me, since I'm a Giants fan, I'll it's very easy. I only got to see the first two picks. After that, I can, you know, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll check in the morning or just check my phone and see who picked what, you know. But um, yeah, I mean it's. Uh, me, I'd be more interested to see what the NFL draft experience looks like because I went to the one in Philly last year, and I actually wasn't really that pressed to go until you got close to the draft and you saw all the information in the news in Philly about what they were doing and what they were putting up. And then when you go to that thing, it's like, wow. And it's like they really did a lot. They put a lot in there. So the casual fan, which I have to give Roger Goodell all the props for getting the casual fan to be interested in the draft, which has historically been boring as shit. So <laughs> it's still boring as shit, but you have this whole draft experience in the different cities to get the casual fans in there to spend more money and the host teams and everybody plays. But so I'll be very interested um, to see what Dallas draft experience looks like. Uh, you know, Jerry, I mean, just go out there and take the uh, the New York and the Philly experience and just flip that joint to a whole new level. So, uh, got some tough. He's got some tough shoes to fill with Philly because they damn sure put it put it down for that for that weekend. Yeah, you talking Jerry though. You know, this is Jerry. You know, <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm not even gonna say his full name, Jerry. This is Jerry, and this yeah. is Jerry's world. <laughs> You know, this is the Wally, this is the Wally world of, uh, of NFL, of uh, Cowboys Stadium. So, you know, he's going to do some old, wild, and crazy, bigger and better in Texas type of thing. So that anybody who comes after him is going to have to, like, wow, how could we top Texas? And it's probably not going to go so well. <laughs> I agree. Well, I have to give big ups to the San Francisco 49ers because not only do you guys get a top 10 pick of your choice, you don't even have to worry about picking a QB because you've got your top round QB gift wrapped to you from the New England Patriots and Jimmy G. So I give it up to the 49ers because you guys are going to be in a very nice, comfortable seat. <laughs> but he, but you know what Ace is going to say. It could have been much more better if they didn't put Jimmy G into the games and start winning games. Would have been in I a much told, better position. I told you that when they drafted him, I said, <laughs> start Jimmy. I did not say that out. I said, don't start Jimmy G. The second you guys did, you ran off five wins easily. <laughs> uh, well, I tell you what, this Rupert Foster incident doesn't make things uh, uh, 
doesn't make me feel too good right now considering what we could have drafted with our first round pick versus what we probably will have to draft based off of the, uh, you know, just the actions of one player. So, and, you know, where we could have gone in multiple different directions, now we have to focus on a linebacker because, you know, he couldn't control his temper. Um, and, and, you know, the 49ers brass being as bold as they've been to sit there and hold on to Ruben Foster because they're holding on to any shimmy of hope yep. that he's not guilty in this particular situation where it doesn't look like he has much to gain, you know, not much to gain, but it doesn't look like he has very much uh, 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 any type of stability to stand on because – it's very, very few and far between where NFL players that sit there and kind of fight the domestic violence issue and actually win. Even if players or, you know, charges are dropped, most times or not, they sit there, they get released, and then, oh, by the way, they got dropped. And then they have a hard time sitting there picking up another team because another team doesn't want to be bothered with the situation. I'm thinking that's what the Niners are scenario, you know, that's what they're sitting there thinking like, oh, well, if we hold on long enough and the girl sits there and drops, then we can say, ah, coast is clear. We can sit there and hold on to Ruben Foster. But the dude had issues coming out of college. He was red flags back then, so Niners took a chance. Yeah. The Niners knew, knew the situation what they was getting into when they when they got him. So. Right, right, um, right. But I'm, I'm more curious to see if there were there any um, clauses in the contract um, that would have helped, you know, kept them clean, so to speak. I doubt it, because if that were the case, then he would have stayed clean. <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, it, it's sad, but, you know, well, the Niners, if this is, say, hypothetically, Ruben Foster becomes clean and charges are dropped and he has a, a clean slate, well, then, will the Niners have to sit there and treat Ruben Foster how the Cowboys cheated uh, Des Bryant? And put him on a, uh, you know, have a chaperone watching him every step that he makes, so that that's Brian would get in trouble. Who, what team wants to sit there and go through all that type of BS? But anything is possible, you know what I mean? I keep thinking, I keep thinking the restrictions that um, I forgot. I think it was Dallas that put it on um, Pac-Man Jones. <laughs> Um, I think – I don't know if it was Pac-Man Jones or somebody had restrictions about, you know – oh, I guess we had the conversation about him with the strippers and um, the incident that he had when we were saying, why not just keep the strippers at the house, bring the strippers to the house, not going to the strip joint, but have the strippers come to the house. I think we had that conversation a while back. Yeah, well, when you got to have that kind of conversation, you know, that, that means you don't need to have that player if you're having that kind of conversation. Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> I guess you're right. Well, that, that's, you know, that's what all the fun and folly of the NFL draft. It's the NFL period. It's, 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 a, uh, it's a soap opera. You know, and it's a never-ending soap opera. So no matter what happens, you know, you have the off the off-season issues, you have the off-season stories, you have the draft, OTAs, mini camps, preseason. It's this 
It's an ongoing cycle. <laughs> and I got to give props to the NFL for just marketing the way the league is, making it so that it's a year-long event. And no matter how much you get tired of it, it just is what it is. Well, fellas, it's all, you know, it's about that time. You know, it's always great sitting down and discussing the, the issues of sports. And sadly, we haven't even discussed baseball. And we're, we're going to get there. And we also haven't even touched on NHL. You know, uh, the Caps came back from a 2-0 deficit uh, to win the series to move on to face the Penguins. Uh, I know we're not the most well-schooled and well-versed when it comes to hockey, but, you know, we'll definitely be touching base on hockey as it comes closer to, uh, to the Stanley Cup. Um, you know, I know we're going to be talking about the, the NFL and, and baseball here to come. So, but with that being said, let everybody know where they can find you on this here social media. Uh, you can find me Twitter, the Gram and Snapchat, J-E-R-O-S-S-7, at... And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I am Al Qualls. Again, that's I am Al Qualls. One word. And you can find me on Twitter. That's uh, AdrianCat1963. That's AdrianCat1963 on Twitter. Fellas, really appreciate another great week uh, of guys talking sports. Um, also look forward to the... Uh, to the fellowship that's uh, coming forward very, very soon. So, you know, we can sit there and really reflect and talk about some, some issues that are coming forth uh, in this media sports. And also, just really brief that the Seahawks haven't closed the door or signed a Colin Kaepernick. I think it's BS, but, you know, we can talk about that next week. <laughs> With that being said, fellas, though, uh, we'd like to thank everybody for tuning in. You know, we always appreciate the feedback. You know, let us know how we're doing and questions, concerns. But uh, thank you. And uh, this is Guys Talking Sports. Until next time, peace, love, and head grease. God bless. Later. Infinity War. Saturday. <laughs> <laughs>